This is where you come to hear tales of loss, redemption, salvation, perspectives, epiphanies, and self-evolution. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the glory in our stories. Welcome back, TGOS listeners. This is the Glory in Our Stories Freshman Edition. On this episode, we'll be speaking with Mr. Calvin Pennywell Sr. Check it out. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Glory in Our Stories Freshman Edition. This will be the last episode of this series. Um, if you're listening to it, you'll probably be listening to it in August, sometime September. But... I thought I'd end the series on a good note uh, today uh, via phone. I have what I would say about 50% of my DNA. If, <laughs> if there was uh if he was, if he was Tony Stark, I'll be Mark one, which is for those, for those of y'all listening, Mark one is the first armored suit that he created. So um, I would be his prototype. Uh, but today I'm talking to Miss Cal, Miss, Ooh, Miss, my bad. Not Miss. I'm used to saying Miss Pennywell. <laughs> Mr. Calvin Pennywell Sr. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great this evening. How you doing there, Mr. Calvin Wayne? <laughs> With all that said, now you could be Mark Wando, but your prototype would be I wouldn't be at you in the cave, now. <laughs> you would have to be manufactured because my mind right now at my age. I couldn't think of all the quantum parts I would need to assemble you. <laughs> as long as you don't do me dirty and you hook me up, I'll be fine. Now I'm going to give you some things that I didn't have. I'm going to give you an advantage, y'all. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, uh, Dad, uh, for being on my podcast and uh, being a part of this. You were one of the people. I've always, I've been wanting to interview you for a while, but I was... Yeah, I'm, I'm quite sure you have. I was talking to uh, Adrian, and I was like, man, if I could interview somebody of a different demographic, of a different time, of a different era, I think my dad you would You ain't got to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going interview, to interview some people where uh, Chuck Taylors was like the the uh, the norm for basketball shoes. I'm go, yeah. go back that far. <laughs> they made them different back then. They didn't tell. And that Zion couldn't have worn them. He was really tall. Uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> No, he he would have towed it up with his hands. Yeah, Man. he, he would have fit him. Goodness gracious. Um, I guess I get started uh, with this. Um, I asked you this: Were you were you you probably already told me, but I just wanted to ask: Were you born and raised in uh, Old Shreveport, Louisiana? Yeah, I was born and raised in the Shreveport, Louisiana. Not old, not O L D E, but O L D. I guess so. <laughs> Down that new the street. Not the New Old, but the Old Shreveport, Louisiana. Down near New Orleans. Is it New Orleans? That's how you say it. No, no, New Orleans <laughs> is, is, is at the door. Remember, Louisiana is a state. Now, we shaped like a boot. I'm up where they laid some up. I'm not down where the toe jam at. <laughs> wow. Mm. That was, uh, how was, how was, how was, what was, what was that? Like the 50s and 60s. How was it down there when you were growing up? Well, we, if we look back at history, we would know what we were going through a lot of segregation back then, and 
You know, I grew up when we went to all black schools. Then they integrated us back in 19, I believe it was 70. Mm-hmm. But from the time, from the time of elementary school to junior high, we call it elementary and junior high back then, mm-hmm. uh, we was in all black school. We grew up during a time where families really cared about one another. You know, they was, when they said no kid left behind, they really meant that. But some of those kids, they did just advance because they get another teacher's nerve. <laughs> I wasn't one of them, though. Yeah. But I uh, I kept in my books because life at home was sort of like dysfunctional, in a sense, though, because back then, most men, most men <laughs> of color were... <laughs> Undecided, I guess they were going through some things. They were really trying to define themselves. So that it was wasn't that that much. So some of the things that I learned, I learned on my own from picking up books. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that by getting an education, it would be my way out. But no matter how much I tried to educate myself, I still come up short because you you should know that when 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 Dad and I say it's kind of hard because you don't really push yourself because you ain't really got nothing to really. How should I put it? Um, fine tune yourself with. Mm-hmm. Back in the fifties and the sixties, it was it was radical. It was industrial revolution. We were looking forward to better jobs, better pay. Women were wanting equality back then. But when it came to education, the educational system back then was a lot, lot better than what it is today because you had teachers who actually were devoted to us, to the kids, to us getting our education. Yeah. And some of them went beyond and, and above that game back in the fifties and sixties. Hmm. Now, how would you how would you describe the difference between now? Because nowadays, you know, and it's going to be pretty soon, the minimum requirement for any job position is probably going to be a doctoring degree. And I remember back then, they chose you based on your experience. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah they did. But you think about what I'm saying. Back then, a college education was a lot cheaper than it is today. So back then, a lot of people went straight into the to the workforce out of high school. And a lot of people back then did not even graduate from high school. Yeah. And a lot of them went into the workforce, but it, it, it affected them along the way because when it came time for advancements and being qualified, a lot of people was qualified based on knowledge, wisdom, and the experience they had on what they were doing. Nowadays, the prerequisites nowadays for getting some of those jobs, like you said, you wouldn't even try to degree. Just to... Uh, do anything functional in the factory. See, back then, the Industrial Revolution took over, where we went from doing manual labor to went into factories and stuff to production. And nowadays, you know, everything that they do nowadays is really done on the computer. Think about what they're doing with the robotic system. You can take the robotic and replace the individual in the factory. Or you can replace it with robots, right? So therefore, you don't need to, what I said, I put it in manpower to be in there. You can put it up on a robotic system. Get a, the one the main is the robot and you don't have the people to work no more. Hmm. Wow. It's, it's changed or it's evolving where, like I said, technology is taking over. And if you don't know technology today, you, you will be left behind. And it's funny because even somebody, somebody of my age feel left behind on a lot of things. And I have to ask questions like, how do you do this? How does this work? And, um, I guess it's this, like even with the uh, social media or anything, there's this algorithm that if you do not catch up to, um, you will be left out and you won't be included. Nope. Wow. See, back then, 
we had to, like, think, about, think about what they had back in the day, they called it the, 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 the pie, with the pie concept. Everybody would get a portion, and if you were in a certain category of, of the pie, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people never got a chance to eat that pie, because <laughs> they wouldn't qualify. Like today, people nowadays, greatest, 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 I guess, obstacle would be the fact that since they, they are outpriced, outpricing people's knowledge, if you don't have the finances, you, you won't obtain it because you you won't be able to afford it. Yeah. Hmm. It's amazing what a college degree costs back then opposed to what it costs today. So this whole uh-huh. this whole issue with college debt, this wasn't a major thing back then. No, it wasn't. We didn't have... Think about what the government was doing. The government was really trying to prepare us to be leading technology throughout this world. So they were... Sending, you know, they were giving people grant money, but that grant money was not built upon the interest what they were doing today. Yeah. College is overpriced, not overrated, but it's overpriced. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because there's a lot of schools overseas that don't charge uh, for college educations. Um, uh, Adrian was telling me about a candidate that's running for presidency. <laughs> that's um, who was it? I think it's I think it's Bernie. Was it Bernie? I think it's Bernie Sanders talking about. Um, ending college debt yep. or even lowering it because yes. uh, it's it's terrible right now so think about what I'm saying you got a person that goes to high school graduates and he wants to further his education and for advances in his career and in, in, in the job force yeah. so he wants to go to college he can't afford it because of the high rate of, of the college uh, how should I put it uh what you pay to get into school, you, that, that money that you pay just to get in there. Yeah. Well, then the first thing about it, you have to take a test. If you don't pass that test, your tuition don't mean nothing because you won't be in school. Thank you all so far for listening to the latest podcast episode of The Glory and Our Stories. If you're interested in listening to prior and future episodes, check them out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I hope you enjoy the conversations and find healing and inspiration. If you have a story to share and would like to utilize the platform, contact me on Facebook or Instagram at Mr. Jumptastic. That's at M-R-J-U-M-P-T-A-S-T-I-C. Now that we've taken a small break, let's get back to the episode. So it's a financial thing, and it also has something to do with what? Educational things, because a lot of things that kids go through in certain neighborhoods, it's not the same in other neighborhoods. Sometimes the obstacles that we go through in certain neighborhoods, it, it hinders us from really focusing on what we need to focus on when it comes to taking a standardized test. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people fail based on what they go through at home, their upbringing and the environment they in. Now, they do, don't make it. Are these some of the obstacles that you faced or your peers at that time? Well, at that time, it was, was you said fears or peers? Yeah, your peers, like your friends. Yeah, it was my peers. But you got to think about it for society back then. It's not like it is. There was no equal, it said equal opportunity, but it wasn't one, really. It wasn't what you knew. It was who you knew. Yeah. Because no matter what, you know, like think about what I'm saying. Knowledge is power, and sometimes the power that be don't want you in their class or their clique. So mm-hmm. what they do is, I hate to say it, you you really being barcoded without even knowing it. 
as it is back then, you were being blackballed. <laughs> you was a threat because most people get in a position with knowledge, they can help people, they can spread that. Where our society is saying that they don't want you to be as smart as some of them. Therefore, it, it pushes you at a, at a different class level. Yeah. So you, you're not, in other words, that's where your qualification comes from because you're a different class level. You're not qualified, that's what they're telling you. Now, based off what you see and the um, the way things are now, what would you say is a current obstacle that my generation and even younger generations are facing? Your generation and the younger generation of the day? Yeah. It, it, well, let me see if you do a comparison and contrast. The younger generation right now today, they are looking for quick, quick. They want something quick. So therefore, social media is messing them up. Yeah. They thinking that they can get that right to, and today they say they can be they can get rich quick without an education. I mean, because they think they can just go online and pull up this and it's already there for them. No, you still have to have the education because if you don't have the tools to even, as I say, maneuver through this phone that we're talking to right now, <laughs> I, I would say that computers have have widened the gap advantages for a lot of people because a lot of people are not computer literate. So therefore, just like I tell people nowadays, when you go look for a job, you tell it is not that common person we see you and we talk to you in HR. What you have to do is go online and submit your your, your application. Begin with your history, your education, and what experiences you have. Back then, it wasn't about that. It was like I was telling you, it was who you knew. So what these kids have to do nowadays, if you don't learn the math, if you don't get some computer skills compared to your generation and where they are now, see, they are saying they're using advanced math. To me, one plus one is one. I don't need to go through all these kind of talk. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't to come up with one. Yeah. We need to go back to basic reading, writing, and arithmetic because the way they're setting up the system is getting crazy. It's just like cars now. The screwhead are not Phillips and, and, and flat. Flat head screwdrivers the most. You have to have a certain tool to even take the screws out of a part of a car. They make it with the design things where you can't even get to the parts where you have to take it into the dealership or something. Yeah. Like education is the same way. Instagram stars, they <clears throat> they have to keep up with the times because if once somebody else is hot, they get pushed yeah. to the side. And then yeah. the question is, okay, now what? Now what are you going to do? How are you going to make your money? You know, and yeah, yeah like you said, they the value of education is, is, has changed uh, due to the accessibility of getting what you want right then yep. instead of earning it over time. Yep, and there's a lot, and there's a lot, a lot of money right now because a lot of people think if I can get enough people to subscribe to, to my uh, blog or whatever, I'm going to get money based on the fact that how many people that I come in. Yeah. Come in. <laughs> but I don't look at it that way. I think Experience is the greatest teacher in anything. I don't care what you're doing. Education, uh, administration, uh, even in, in, in professional sports, and even in management, but because of people with money, they dictate from the top and it trickles down. It doesn't matter how much education you have at the bottom because if you're not in my place, I don't care where you go or what degree you have, you still got to come to me to get what you want. And if I don't want you there, I'm not going to elevate you. Yeah. 
So those are the obstacles that kids go through. And a lot of kids go to college, get in debt, get out. In a lot of states where there are no jobs, because where there's high crime rates, at, corporations are not going to be bring their people to that facility or to that to that area. Because why would I bring all my people here? And we have to worry about if uh, my kids going to get shot while in the front yard. My kids going to get shot on the bus. I'm like, hey, oh, are we going to get shot while we're in the grocery store? Crime rate has a lot to do with where people bring corporations and finances it because if it's a place that's not growing where crime is high, I wouldn't subject my employees to bring them to a company and moving my company to an area where their educational level, where, where we get in one state is higher than the other, where you go to another area is lower expectations. Hmm. So it, it has a lot to do with, we you know where I'm going to put you all at as far as your education, where you got to be at and Education, crime, and, and 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 accessibility has a lot to do with everything, and it has a lot to do with, like you said, where did you grow up at? Your education, you know, like what you're doing right now, and it's, you know, college has a lot to do with it, but the experience of the, of the, of the college individual has a lot to do with what he does while he's in college, because for some people, we run into a roadblock. Some people get married, and they try to do it that way, and then they run it over, because sometimes it's kind of hard to balance family. And education at the same time, so those obstacles are always going to be there. Based on what you're trying to do at the time in your life. Yeah. So how was how was your um, college education? Well, your college experience. How was that for well, you? Well, college to me was after I got grown. See, I went in the military, experienced that, experienced mm-hmm. the woes of life. <laughs> then I got married, and I was trying to balance that. I went to um, a business college first. Mm-hmm. And in business college, they don't teach you nothing back then. Did. So we were just sitting in class because we would, Uncle Sam was giving them money. We were paying them money just to go with them. And we were getting a check. Yeah. But when I left there and I went to major college and I got in class, I had the history class and I ain't going to tell you the story. My mindset was not on historical dates, times, and all that and correlating, you know, my, the, the Americas to other nations and stuff. So I, I, didn't, I didn't have that attention span. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point of time in that class, I got left behind. So when I got behind, I went to the instructor and told him I needed to let you know what he told me. What did he say? Well, Mr. Pennywell, uh, it's your job to keep up. And that was it. Mm-hmm. But there was more to it than that. Yeah. There was a hidden thing behind that because my instructor was not on my court just so. <laughs> I, was, I had to, I'll be honest with you, I had to withdraw from that class without failing. And if I failed that course, that my GPA went down, I mean, I couldn't. I would, it was going to put me on academic probation. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, you know, get my money from Uncle Sam mm-hmm. if I was, you know, had a failing. You know, I went up under the GI Bill. Yeah. So my freshman year, it was, I took some remedial courses because I had to, you know, refresh my thought patterns as far as what I was doing, reading comprehension, math, and all that stuff. But I quickly, you know, got into the realm of things. And I'm this type of person, I'm, I'm going to share this with you, Mr. Pennywell. I never claim to do a test. My memory is just that sharp. You, you, and now you know who has that ability. <laughs> I already know. Your daughter. Man. I know. Pissed deep. Oh, she pissed me off, man. She, Tasha, <laughs> Tasha, now she she didn't have to study. I don't know what it was. But nope. she was just she was just that good. As a student, it's man. not a matter of being good. It's what you retain. See, what? most people who sit up and cram is over a period of time. See, you got long term, short term, and what you got what they call it up, 
long term, short term, and the E with a long term. Uh, your long term memory is what you retain from something that happened a long time ago. But the short term, I would study around about two or three hours for my test. Yo, I know a lot of us are thinking to ourselves, man, if I could only have it that easy. <laughs> but you know, to quote one of my favorite Spider-Man movies, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, we're all gifted, you know, in, in this area when it comes to education, whether we're teaching it, whether we're receiving it, whether we're reading or writing or whatever. We're all gifted and talented and able to do what we do as students to the best of our ability. So if there's anything we should all agree on is uh, the, the concept of just using what you have as a student to get where you need to go. So but continue to listen in. This is the glory in our stories, freshman edition with Mr. Calvin Pennywell Sr. Man, her, her short term and long term is, is pretty pretty impressive compared to me I remember a lot I have elephant brain I have elephant <laughs> memory that's yeah that's what mom says she asked <laughs> <laughs> that what she said yeah like she remembers stuff that none of us do none nope. of us do wow what was your favorite subject in college do you remember uh, uh, do, do you really want me to tell you go ahead come on what is it what is it shh I'm telling basketball <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of people underestimate the basketball IQ. Yep, they do. How how impressive that really is. And the first person that I recall uh, having uh, such a really good IQ was LeBron. Yeah. Yep. And that's 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 very rare. It is. And that's without college. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was yes. based on experience. Exactly, yeah. Totally forgot about that. Yeah. So, well, speaking of, I guess college basketball. Like, who was who was hot back then 
when you were in school? Huh? UCLA back then was the dominant team back then because think about it, most of your colleges that could afford to give out, think about what I'm saying. Yeah. Scholarship? Mm-hmm. They recruit they don't got all the best players. Man. So UCLA was a dominant player. But you know, we gotta go back and we gotta talk about one particular person now. North Carolina was a dominant school too. Mm. Because Dean Smith could afford to bring in people back then to do what they had to do because you know, because let me see, Doctor J was at the University of Mass of UMass. He was, you know, making a name for himself because back then you couldn't dunk in a basketball back in the late sixties and early seventies. Really? And you couldn't dunk. That was dunking was illegal. Dunking wow. <laughs> around was seventy-two, seventy-three or something. These guys will be all, all, all over the extended all over the rim, but they had a fire roller later, but he couldn't turn over Dunk. So, you know, he had some dummy squids. It's just the same way now. If you got a strong alumni and a strong uh, faculty program with, with deans in every department, you can go out and get the best athletes because I hate to say this. Most athletes that, are, that come in now from most, uh, let me see, they're, they're using academic school now that is really pre-prep schools for college and a lot of these kids are getting college education pre-prep college college uh, courses in high school so what most of your athletes are required to read think about it plays and, and they have to have knowledge to do that right yeah. so they say they don't only, these, these student athletes don't only just come out and play the sports that when they come to college a lot of them know that they look beyond the fact that if I don't make it in that particular area of expertise in that sporting event, or that area, that I have my education to fall back on. So most of the kids nowadays are very apt at, 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 with knowledge of knowing what they have to do to come out here into the workforce to get a better job and to advance themselves. So they are picking up their books. Mm-hmm. They're very educated. Some of them are even role scholars. Now, why do you... Now, do you think... Do you think that uh, most players... Because, you know, they changed the rule. I think um, after Kevin Garnett or somebody, they changed it. So you have to do at least one year of college, right? As a college out of high school. Do you, why do you do, can you explain why they do that? And does it tie into making sure that that athlete gets at least some education or that's just a requirement, you know, to enter the NBA? I really believe that that young athlete coming straight out of high school He's not equipped financially, emotionally, to be away from his family. Yeah. And oftentimes they get in trouble because their attention's bad. They come into all this money, some money that they never had before. And if they don't have the proper financial guidance in money management, they would go out and, how should I say, like the prodigal son did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spend all their money and rise and living. Oh, man. And yeah. you have to control of you and I believe that a college education environment yeah. puts you in a position saying that you have to have knowledge of your finances of management and everything and you need that because if you don't you got some people out here that are crooked mm-hmm. they'll rob you blind and if you're not prepared for it you, I believe that one year but the only thing, only thing I hear about that if say for instance if you're hot in high school you, you're the top player in the, in the nation in mm-hmm. high school it takes away your first year uh, opportunity to make finances, and I think it's wrong. 
I think that the student after leaving college should be getting paid because of all the revenue that is being brought into that college because of those student athletes. Yeah. Because I was, I was thinking about that watching Zion. You remember at one game, they were paying yep. like a like thousand dollars for a, a ticket? ticket. A ticket. Just because of him. Yeah. His ability and what he did on the court. You know, there's some people that attract people to a See, back then when I was coming up, I've always run, we would run home to see certain games. <laughs> <laughs> we would drop everything. We'd be on the lawn. I'm going to do the game coming on the Lakers. Yeah. You know, I'm going to show you something. When the Lakers played <laughs> Philadelphia, when Dr. J them got together, that was a ooh, that was a ooh, that was a match. They either Boston, they either New York, Patrick Ewing, and all those people back in the day. Yeah. People don't understand that these kids nowadays, they are paid, how should I put it, for potential talent, not even displaying it yet. Hmm. And a lot of them fall through the wayside. So therefore, you don't invest all your money in this person to become a what? A flop. Yeah. So... When it, when it comes to education, I tell everybody, you know, your career could end on a, on a, a torn ACL or a messed up ankle. And that's when I tell people, college education is, is, is a good, is a must. You need to go to college. You need some experience. You need some kind of training that would offset, you know, your, your ability to dunk a ball or shoot a ball in case you should have an accident or your career end because of a, of a career ending, how should I say, injury. Yeah, I remember um, if that was one, if that was one thing that you consistently told us, uh, your kids, is that you, you, um, the ideal of going to college and how important it was. Yo, Tigas isn't just a place to share the makings of your story, but the details of your music. Tune in every so often for an updated episode of The Recipe, where I sit down with artists and discuss track by track the how, why, when, where, and who of their latest project. Making music can be similar to living life. Things go left when you intended for it to go right. Other times it's as beautiful as you intended. Again, check out Tigas Presents The Recipe. Um, a, lot of parents, a lot of parents don't instill that in their kids. They probably want them to um, want to live precariously through their kids and probably just take on the family business, do whatever, anything else. But um, you, you emphasize education. And I you need that. and I personally appreciated that that if you yeah. doing it to us, we need you. Wait a minute, let me cut you off now. Now you did have your little prodigal son here now. Well, it was post uh, high school. When you got out of school, remember you didn't go straight to college. You, oh, oh, oh! You you went to Blive you, you. Oh, <laughs> man! You, you went on your symbolical, whatever you call it. <laughs> Man, you, you you walk about. Man, that was. <laughs> I never forget. Tasha, Tasha wrote me a letter, <laughs> telling me basically what in the world are you doing? <laughs> it blew my mind too because you had too many examples. <laughs> you had too many. <laughs> oh man, I just yeah, I just. But you know what really tripped me out about the whole thing. You know the relationship you had online. I'm not bringing that up on the podcast, but you had a little incident that happened online. <laughs> you ventured, you ventured out for that, and then you wanted to go home. And I kept telling you, man, there's nothing ah. there. There's nothing down there. So you went out and could even get a job in a ah. movie, in a movie place, in a oh. place that's so moving. I said, "Son, oh. I said, what 
you doing nothing. Then you came back up home. Then you got that job at the chicken place. That's the what you doing. Then you went out in the socket when you were standing on your feet. That's the sun. That ain't what you want to do. Yeah, it, no. I'm going to take it back to Arkansas. That wasn't the worst job I got denied. What? No, sir. I couldn't get a job at Taco Bell. I'm not uh, whoever's listening not down anybody you you know you got to do what you got to do but at that time I couldn't even get a job at Taco Bell riding yeah. rode my bike down there turned the <laughs> turned the paper appli- man turned the uh, paper application in and they were like okay we'll give you a call nope no call never did hear from you nope mm-mm and it's funny because when I did go to the factory, there was a forklift driver that worked there. And he used to blow all his money on liquor during the weekend. Yeah. And I would come in there and I said, you know what? I'm going to go to college. <laughs> yeah. And he looked at me and he said, you ain't going to college. And yeah. I was like, okay. I saw him two years <laughs> later at Walmart. And he said, what you doing? I said, I'm, I'm in college. And he just said, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But, but think about how it does, what it does really so, you know, it prepares you for life. Education prepares you for life. Yeah. Life situations and stuff, even though there's certain things that you can't change in life. But see, that's what the experience you have by having a relationship with God. See, people don't understand, I don't care how much knowledge you, you obtain. Without that relationship with God that God and direct you in your decision making, yeah. it ain't got nothing to do with your education. It's in your decision making. Man, you still fall by the wayside with all the educated. I know too many people that fail, fail in the trap. I call it the trap. Mm-hmm. The trap of oppression, depression, based on the fact that you might not be in a relationship you want. You might have all the money you want, all the, all the cars you want, but you ain't in that relationship you want. And education, and I tell people, it's good to have an education. But there's a difference between a fool and being an educated fool, though. So, yeah. hey, get your education, advance yourself. <laughs> and it, it, you, it helps you to be a better person. Yeah. If you had, if you, but you tripped me out when you did that. You talking about uh, after? Yeah, that was. Yeah, you had to before you went to college. Oh, that's it, boy. What you doing? You know how I paid for all that? Uh, I got money as gifts. I collected all the money I got. Oh man! I just think I was young. I give myself credit for that. But thinking back now, I, that was the dumb. That was a very dumb decision. But I had to learn. I had to learn. I used all my money that I got for my graduation to buy a round ticket on Greyhound. That's yeah. <laughs> that's how I did that. I remember when you came down here to Shreveport and you was over there with those other kids. And I didn't see you that much. And I'm saying to myself, "Where's my baby? Where's my baby going?" <laughs> See what you were doing up nothing. I didn't rain that much. You uh, was over with your sisters and brothers, and I'm saying to myself, I, but you know what I gathered out of that whole experience when you come down here to Shreveport? Back home, you were CJ. Yeah. <laughs> but you was the baby. Yeah. In Shreveport, you was the big brother. Yeah. That was a big difference, and it gave you uh, a responsibility. And I believe that alone made you realize that you was you was just turning your wheels, that you needed your education. You saw what it did for your sisters and your mother, and you realized that 
Mama. <laughs> As a black man in America, I'm going to need my education. Goodness gracious. I'm going to need my degree. I'm going to need that paperwork. Because, man, that paperwork talks to you. You know what it tells an employer? That you are willing. You are willing to, you're willing to pursue things. Yeah. If you could, um, if you could give any current college student or even past college students any advice, uh, what would that be? Uh, I can't go back to the past. I would say right now. Okay. As you are going through high school, I say start really in the in your sophomore year, sophomore junior, in your senior year. Prepare yourself academically. All that foolishness by going to the club or going to parties and stuff. Try to get that out of your mind because you're going to have to have a mindset to sacrifice yeah. for education. There's going to be some long hours of study. Mm. There'll be some times you're going to be with your boys. But the end result of you getting that degree can <laughs> make it all worth it because anything worth doing or worth having it's worth working for. Mm. And anything worth enjoying, you can always do it later. Because the way I look at it, if it, if it becomes outdated, you didn't need it to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need it because there are so many obstacles that get in your way when you go into college, when you prepare yourself for life. And now lesson is, it's, a, it's some crazy years, though, because you're thinking you're grown, you're getting grown now, you, you're starting to, you can't pull up sands or stuff under your brim sometimes and slip. <laughs> yeah. And, and grow up. And you wonder why your mother, your father, somebody looks like you're here. You say some stuff in public you ain't never said before. And when you get home, you wonder why you get scolded. Yeah. Age is more than a number. Age is about responsibility. If you're old enough to say it and do it, you're old enough to be corrected. Mm. Because as long as you got a parent and a, a parents that's looking over you and is trying to do the best they can for you toward the guidance, trying to guide you, and nobody in that street gonna love you like the love you get at home. And I try to tell people this: even if you got a um, dysfunctional family, if you pray about it, God will come in there and fix it for you. He'll come in there and he'll intervene, even if he just do it for you, and then you become the example. Education. For, t- for today's kids, is essential, very essential to them accomplishing whatever they want. Hmm. You're going to need that college education. <laughs> they have to do something. They're going to have to do something to control the price of it. Yeah. Tuition, talk to books. That's where most of your money goes. And if you stay on campus, it's in housing. Mm-hmm. Then you want to charge you so much for food. Yep. But you know something I don't like, like about it when you get that grant money that grant money is tax payers money you yourself even pay taxes while you attend college while you try to work in a part time job but yet you go into debt there's something wrong with that picture you go to college to advance yourself but once you leave college you're in debt and then all of a sudden it's affecting your credit and now you're using credit as a deterrent as to what hired you or not. <laughs> and it's crazy. Yeah. It's factored in that you get insurance, everything else. Buy a house and everything, you're credit. 
But if it has something to do with a student loan, they need to defer that and stop using that in the equation. Because once I let me allow me to give me a job instead of outsourcing all that job, sending them overseas, and not bringing that because I hate to say it, I'm going to reiterate this. Most countries will not come to a city or a, a state where the crime rate is high. Educational system is in shambles because I'm not going to have my employees bring their kids there and have them, you put them in an institutional system and where they can't advance just because you want my taxes from my corporation. I'm not going to do it. So you have to think about that when it comes to the people that you put in that situation. Uh, I'm looking at your your colleges. Where, where will our kids go once they graduate from high school in your system? But what do you have to offer? Because if they go out of state, you got to pay a higher fee. Yep. So you have to use all the factors of that. And, and I would say that education to anybody in school today, if you're going to college, your freshman year, forget about the party. The freshman year is the most essential part of your college education because where you start at, it won't determine where you're in, but if you start wrong, it's going to make your college experience even harder because if you ever get behind as a, as a freshman, you got to play catch up. If you want to graduate with your class, <laughs> the people you start with, because man, it's kind of hard. You still in college, they're not going to graduate, and they get jobs, man, because sometimes that becomes a determinant. Yeah. Makes you not wonder, because you run into them brick walls, whether it be with a science class that's required for you to get your degree. Um, uh, say like, I mean, there's certain fields out there that require me for you to get that degree. Ooh, it's crazy. That's where a lot of people never venture into certain areas uh, to get a degree in because they know they're not adapt in science and math, uh, anything like that. So they, they opt out of those fields and go so But that's what they want to, technology want to pay you for, because I hate to say it. With technology, they're, they're, they're taking technology and, and using it to, to outsource jobs, to create jobs that we don't need three or four people to do. We only got one person they can do it all. That's true. So they're keeping most of the money in their pockets. And uh, there's a lot of educated people right now today who graduated from college, got degrees, don't have the jobs in their field, they're working at fast food places in the long run. Some of them out there have to go to work for General Motors. The General Motors is not the same no more because they don't have the, the pension plan or they, they did away with the original pension plan. So it's 4145, whatever it is, that's what you put into it. It's not what the company put into it. They're not sharing the profits no more. So. I don't know how many of them used to be. All your big corporations are not what they used to be. But your greatest access that you have in life is your education. That don't mean you're better than nobody. It's just that you have options. Yes. That they don't have. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, sir, for your time. Um, you're welcome. Really, really, really anticipated this this interview because I well, knew we would have uh, a lot to share. <laughs> Yeah, considering the uh, speed bump we could have in our lives between yeah. us, so yeah. this, this, this right here is... <laughs> you come I tell somebody, this, this, I'm doing a celebration lap right now. <laughs> I'm doing a victory lap right now. I'm running around in a circle. <laughs> Yo, y'all, those of you who are listening, my dad and I have come a long way. We've a come long way. I've come a long way. Long way. And I, and I wouldn't... I know he would vouch for this. I, would, I thank God for this opportunity. Thank you. I really God. do. Thank God, God for this opportunity, man. Well, I love you. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm glad to see you. But I'm going to say this to everybody. Uh, you get 30, what, 40 here, right? 34, yeah. Okay. And to the listeners of this podcast, I'm kind of disappointed in you. 
What? What is it? What is it? Grandkids? Hold up. Leave me alone. Junior got my name. Junior graduated from college. He tried to go back to get his master. He's about to get married. He's done his own. I ain't got nobody with my name behind him. Uh, he even joined together with another name. <laughs> they say it's Terry Whale. Mm. That's all right. They all, get, they all got their education. I applaud them for that. <laughs> but I applaud them for not settling. That's one thing we shouldn't do in life. Settle in relationships. Yeah. Amen to that, man. That's but like, I'm going to say this on, on air, and I hope your mother listens to this. <laughs> I applaud, I applaud her for what she instilled in him. Because when he was a kid, <laughs> she used to take him to the movies on the weekend and get him to have a clip. That was, that was the mom-dad relationship he had, going to the movies in Tulsa, Georgia. And I said it, I'm going to put it out there. Love you, God bless you, God keep you. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. Thank you, Dad. Uh, for those of you who are listening, this is the Glory in Our Stories Freshman Edition with Mr. Calvin Pennywell, Sr. Hello, TGOS listeners. Thank you for listening. Tune in soon for the latest episode of the Glory in Our Stories. <laughs> <laughs>